Welcome to Radically Personal, where we explore the behind-the-scenes stories of today's most beloved brands, how they started, what their mission is, and how they're building enduring relationships with their customers and showing them how they have their best interests at heart. I'm Joseph Oncinelli, CEO of Gladly, where we're on a mission to help companies reinvent customer service and deliver on the promise of radically personal customer experiences. On today's episode, I am joined by Victor Sands, the creative director at Toomey, who also oversees customer experience for the brand. Victor and I chat about how to pursue innovation through the intersection of service and design. We have a responsibility as designers that we're creating product. We're creating product that goes into this world. That product should perform to improve that customer's life. And if something happens when they're using that product, we should be there to support them, to get them back on track. We also talk about how putting the customer at the center of everything you do applies no matter where you meet your customers, whether it's a salesperson on the floor or a service hero in a contact center. The salesperson on the floor at Rodeo Drive should have the same type of interaction as our Vidalia Georgia customer service. We should be able to swap both of them and they should be in that same environment with that same level of confidence and that same level of precision and and empathy for the customer that may have a problem. And finally, we examine how building relationships with your customers and doing the right thing drives loyalty and revenue. That customer experience and that idea that they actually cared. They cared about the fact that, wow, this person is loyal to us. Let's make it right. This is Radically Personal. I am so excited to welcome Victor joining us today on Radically Personal. I'm actually really excited about the conversation today, Victor, because it blends two of my passions, obviously customer experience, but design. And it's such a unique combination to think about those two things together. So welcome to Radically Personal, Victor. I'm excited. So so maybe we could talk a little bit about your role at Toomey because it's unique. I mean, I don't, there's not a lot of places where the person that runs design also runs customer experience. How, how did that all come to be? I have a bit of tenure here at Toomey and, you know, I've been able to see the brand continue to kind of grow and grow over the years. And now I'm the creative director of the brand, um, overseeing everything from you know store design, product design, product development. And one of the areas that falls and rolls up underneath me is customer experience. The idea was that every touch point that the customer has should have a consistency. Right. There should be this constant flow of um, communication, of the experience, whether they're you know touching a bag to how they're being handled at the store and even post-purchase. And this was something that because of my tenure here, because of the evolution of the brand, it made sense to say, hey, let's have this kind of guardian to it and then trickle that down throughout the organization. And the nice thing is that we're not a massive organization. So a lot of the people that are here do have tenure and they do understand the importance of the customer. And for us, that's always been kind of at the heart of everything we did um, and do. And I've been, you know, I've been lucky enough to grow through this company. Um, I started out kind of as a young designer and and I've slowly worked my way up through the ranks, developing everything from bags to houses. I've gotten to work on cars and electronics. Wait, 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 wait. Where, where did you work on cars? I knew about the camera. Like, for, you know, like you started, actually, I think your first, one of your first design jobs was at Kodak. Designing yeah. like the early digital cameras. Well, where's the car angle? I want to hear about that. So, trained industrial designer, right? And Toomey's uh-huh. a really unique place because it's like a 
product design house with this fashion lens on it, which is really interesting. We're able to design everything from the ground up, whether it's a zipper puller to the fabrics to the materials. And a lot of the materials that we use are very technical. They're used in the automotive industry, the aerospace industry. Because of this connection to materials and innovation, we get approached a lot by these different manufacturers. You know, a lot of times it's automotive. We've partnered with mm-hmm. brands such as Ducati and things like that. And I think one of the first uh, partnerships we did was actually with like Toyota. And we designed the interior of these cars for Toyota. And that led to these Mini Coopers. And I was able to design these two Mini Coopers really? um, in Asia. Yeah. And then that led to Lexus. And we got to work with Lexus and the LFA that launched. And that was really this beautiful story that led us to kind of this really our biggest collaboration uh, that we've done with McLaren. And it's kind of like, you know, I, I've always been a McLaren fan. That's always been kind of my poster car. It wasn't the Ferrari, it wasn't the Lamborghini, it was always the McLaren F1. So this was kind of this, you know, I think I had to spend all those years working on it, <laughs> with these other partners for even for myself to be even considered in the same uh, conversation with a brand like McLaren. But, you know, now we're able to, to connect with companies at right. that kind of level. And we all speak the same language, which, which is amazing. Innovation, material, technology, performance, customer experience, that's like we're, it's almost like we're talking to ourselves in a sense, but they're designing cars and race teams and we're doing bags. And- yeah. So what's an example of something you've taken from that partnership and applied either to product design or to customer experience to me? Like, like it seems they seem kind of far afield in some ways. But- well, I'll start with the product side, right? So from the product side, when we were developing the collection early, early on, we went there and we spent, you know, an entire day with the design team and the marketing team and their, and their customer service team and the engineers and the race team, the guys building the cars. Like we went <laughs> deep, we went deep down this rabbit hole. What we discovered was as we were talking, even with like the, you know, they have an engineer that only works on carbon fiber, right? And so now we're geeking out about carbon fiber and how we can utilize their carbon fiber in our oh, bags and vice versa. And then we got into like their interior designer and he was talk- talking to us about these super fabrics and the attributes and why they use it. It's like awesome. So we were able to pull even like these materials that they're using for performance and reintroduce it into our product for performance. Oh, that's, that's fascinating. Yeah. When we started understanding about their, their customer, it's like they are all about their customer, right? Giving them the best experience that they can. And it's not just from the automotive side, also from the racing side. Like if you follow McLaren and F1, it's like they have the best fans. They're always trying to put out the best content for them, always trying to get the drivers to interact. And to me, this was an amazing touch point because we're learning so much because it's beyond just, okay, there's a race team and these race cars. And it's like, it's it's like, no, how do you engage the customer? So it's like it. There was a lot of learnings from there. So, so how do you think about the intersection of design and customer experience? And like, what's an example of how that intersection occurs? For us, what's really important is always understanding our customer, always understanding what their world has been about. And that's been the focus for us, what their expectations are of a brand, right? Mm-hmm. This is like this, this is like a new way Uh, that people should really start thinking about it is we have a responsibility as designers that we're creating products. It doesn't matter if it's a a pen, a microphone, a bag. We're creating product that goes into this world. That product should perform to improve that customer's life. And if something happens with when they're using that product, we should be there to support them, to get them back on track. And we're really focusing on how do we just keep improving it? Toomey's never a brand just to sit still. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. We have these collections. We, we're doing this. It's never stopping. For us, it's always about progressing and innovating. You, you shared this story about designing for failure. Yep. 
you know, I had never really heard anyone talk about that per se when I engage with customers. And by the way, thank you for the now almost three year partnership we've had. I, I always tell the story. I said, look, there's two things that I can guarantee. Number one, something will go wrong. And number two, we're going to be there when that thing does go wrong. And then you, you, you talked a bunch about like, actually you kind of design the products for failure. And I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> how, do, how do you think about failure in design? You know, you always design <laughs> for like perfection, right? You know? Yeah. I mean, look, the reality is things happen in life. Things mm-hmm. break. No matter how well you plan for a trip, no matter how, you know, you're there early, the weather's great, you got everything locked in, things happen. And then when you hand over your travel gear to someone else, that's it. So for us, what we look at is if something is going to happen, how do we get that person back on track? So they're performing right. at their highest level. So something as simple as like a zipper puller, right? We design in failure into our zipper pool where we want the zipper puller to break before the zipper itself breaks. Because if the zipper itself breaks, that means that now you're sending it to our repair center. We're having to, mm. to stitch the, restitch the bag. That could be a week, you know, to maybe two weeks to get the whole process done. But by having the zipper puller break before the zipper breaks, you can go into any store and we can just put a new one on there in like less than a minute. I can say from personal experience, less than a minute, we can have a new zipper puller <laughs> back on it and you are back on the road. So for us, that's what's important to these things. We're designing in these points of failure so that your experience can continue seamlessly. Same thing with our handles, our wheels, things like that. We have to make sure that you can get back on the road as quickly as possible. And it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's part of what we do because things happen. And even when that extreme <laughs> thing happens, we're there to, to fix it. We have a fantastic repair facility down in Vidalia, Georgia. There are amazing people that are down there that can pretty much fix anything and, and they pull off miracles. But yeah. it's like for us, it's, hey, if we can do that in a store for you, let's do that. That's smart. Yeah. You know, you, you have these set of principles superior quality, design excellence, technical innovation, functional superiority. And the last one for a long time was world-class customer service. And I, right. I, I think now you're, you're expanding that and changing that to world-class customer experience. But one yeah. of the things that hit, that hit me when I was reading about it is this idea that says that, like, you know, when you purchase a Tumi product, you also purchase a promise. And that word of promise, like, just like really resonated. It's like, if something goes wrong, we're going to fix it. I loved this next part, which was, if your question starts with, can you help? The answer is always yes. Right. And that yeah. mindset of, hey, something's going to go wrong, but we're here for you. That brand promise is powerful. I got my first Tumi bag like 25 years ago. And I remember it was like this rite of passage. I had like, I, I was working as a, as a young kid. I was a product manager at Apple and I was started to travel and I bought my first rollerboard and it was like, you know, the cheapest one that I could get at the time. I didn't have a lot of money. And I, and I would always walk past the Tumi yeah. store and see the red logo. I'd be like, one day, one day. And like a couple of years later, I got my first tumor back and it lasted me like forever. <laughs> it was like this amazing thing. And when I did have, I did have an issue with one bag and like the team fixed it. They took care of it. And like, you know, I, I mean, I'm a Tumi customer for life because of that. I think that that brand promise is so powerful when you deliver on it. It, it was really interesting because, uh, you know, our, our kind of five founding principles, you know, they're kind of the, the holy pillars of the brand. And then when we right. looked at that last one, it's like, I think it was too narrow of a spectrum for what we were trying to offer to our customers. And we said, look, it's customer service is one portion of the customer experience. And we right. said, we need to expand this. And, you know, it's always been there. The customer experience and the customer service has always been there, but we've only defined it as customer service where it's like, oh, you have a problem with the bag. Hey, we can help you fix it. And then you get your bag back. And then that's kind of, that was it. Nice handshake and you're on your way. Right. But we've been doing so much more than just that. 
right? And I think our customers, we value them at such a high level that we want to do more for them. Not just, hey, we fixed your bag, but figuring out how to improve their journeys, figuring out how to improve their lives. You know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a funny story because you shared your, your kind of first to me story. <laughs> my first to me experience. Okay. Now this is my first to me uh-huh. experience. Uh-huh. Is, were you working there at the time or this before you? I hadn't even started yet. I hadn't even started okay. yet. So I got the job at to uh-huh. and I go in to the head of all design at Kodak. I remember I walked into his office and I said, hey, you know, Paul, I got some news for you. It's like, I'm going to be leaving Kodak. And, you know, as most bosses do. And he's like, you know, what can we do to keep you out of these things? Like, no. And I explained my situation. And, I, and he asked, like, where can I ask where you're going? And I said, you know, there's this small brand. It's, it's in New Jersey. You know, they make bags. And it's like, it's a brand called Toomey. And he just looked at me and he reaches down and he pulls up from underneath <laughs> His Toomey briefcase pulls out his wallet from the back, puts it on the table, and he stands up, shakes my hand, and goes, they're an amazing brand. Congratulations. That's so good. And it was like, I was, I I had no idea like what I was stepping into, but it's always like stuck out to me where, you know, you're kind of resigning from this job. There's a lot of emotions on both sides. Your your boss that you're telling them, hey, I'm out of here. And you tell them that and you're like, it really made me think and, and realize that, hey, this brand's got something going on when there's this gentleman at such a high level of design, high level uh, within a huge organization. And he is paying me respects for being able to get into that brand. So that always stuck out to me about this. And then when I arrived, I understood why, you know, it's, it's just that continual dedication to our customers, like literally it's every day, understanding them more and more. And how how has that changed? I mean, you've been there over a decade. How has that changed and how do you see it changing going forward? We've been able to gather more information about our customers quicker, right? And whether through the data that we're collecting through services such as yourselves or, you know, being able to train our our associates more, being able to see how our customers are actually living their lives. And social media was just like, you know, that was the floodgate of information at such a granular personal level and seeing how people were actually traveling. And for us, that was a, a big opportunity for us for the brand, but also it allowed us to kind of push ourselves beyond just making bags and luggage. You know, for, for years and years and years, people just knew us. It's, anytime I mentioned you work for two like they make the big black box, right? They make the big, <laughs> you know, right? and it's like, I love, I love the, you know, the, the big black box scenario, but it's like, we, it allowed us to do more and more. So we got into outerwear. And we said, wow, customers are, are resonating. So then we got into accessories. You know, the tablet came out and then the iPhones and, this, you know, and everything. And then we started doing eyewear and fragrance and you name it. We started getting into it. And our customers have just been so accepting of it because we haven't deviated from those core principles. Yeah. And we've obviously seen that in the partnership, too, just in terms of you know, just thinking about the way your customers engage with the brand, you know, via digital. I mean, just the shift that's happened and how, you know, people appreciate this idea of making the experience about them. So many companies mm-hmm. design from the inside out, but you really have taken this approach of designing from the outside in. That mindset shift affects everything, you know, whether it's product design or or that customer experience and the customer service team. It's It's been really great to see that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the other part is that we're a global brand mm-hmm. and our customers are, they're, they're just traveling. One day you're in New York, the next day you're in Tokyo. Next day, and then you're flying back and you're in Vidalia and you're in South America. And it's like, how do you ensure that if something happens at, in any of those places that they're receiving that same service? We have an amazing global team that, that ensure that we have that consistency. 
you know, we share all that data and the information, you know, internally to make sure that, hey, if you're going to be in Asia, you have your bag registered. Okay, hey, we know this bag was just fixed two days ago. We, we can say, hey, let's make sure that that's working, that everything's good. If there is a problem, we can take care of them at the nearest store. Well, you know, I don't know if you know this story, actually. So in the first, I think, six months of when we went live, that exact scenario, because prior there was like different mm-hmm. systems in Europe and Asia, et cetera. You know, this idea with Gladly is like it's a single lifelong conversation centered around people. And there was this experience where this customer was traveling in Europe and their bag had broke and they were dealing with a repair, I think. But they were based in the U.S. And like the customer was shocked that the conversation was seamless as they continued that conversation working from Europe and then coming back to the U.S. But that's that's what people expect. I mean, they don't think of you as to me Europe or to me France. They just think about you as to me, exactly. I have a relationship with you. And, and it's just so great to see how you guys execute on that. And, and I think that's that was a big uh, step for us also. From the customer's perspective, it should be seamless. That customer experience part really showcased for me. You know, um, I purchased a pair of shoes and they sent me like the completely wrong pair and then they had sold out instantly. And I was just like, I was, I was like livid, you know, because it was like, so these, I really want them and I couldn't get them. And then, um, I called up their their customer service uh, department. I was ready to really kind of lay in, you know, to lay into them. And you know, I got on the phone, and because I put in my phone number, they already knew who I was. They were like, you know, Mr. Sands. It's like, how can we help you? And I was like, all right, you know, I ordered these shoes, and you know, you guys sent me the wrong pair, and I now they're all sold out. And da, 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 da. But it's like, you know, kind of. Let, and he's like, oh my gosh, it's like, can't believe that this is this has happened. We're so sorry. Um, we do see that that's you know the pair that you had that you'd ordered. Da, da, da. They went through the whole thing, and so they they went and they found me the right pair of shoes from another store that they had and they apologized you know tremendous it's like your, your shoes in the right size are heading your way and they're like you know what please keep uh the shoes that we sent you you can gift them you can, and then and this was all in a matter of like two to three minutes yeah. and it was just I, I just remember sitting there being like wow i came in so hot just expecting the worst to be like hey what can you do you know return them and that's it but that customer experience and that idea of that they actually cared about how I was feeling. They cared about the fact that, wow, this person is loyal to us because they really wanted that that item from us. Let's make it right. And that's always stuck out to me. It's made me loyal to that brand. Hey, if I have a choice at the end of the day between buying between this brand and the other brand, I'm going to go with that brand just because of that customer experience. Part of that shift is like, you know, you've got this team in Vidalia, Georgia, which they're amazing and they work super hard. But like, you know, Vidalia, Georgia is like three hours away from most anything, right? Yeah. Very different than like the Rodeo Drive to me store, right? Yeah. But how, how do you see those things becoming more like one another though? Part of it is like a, a, a cultural shift, right? Where as your brand grows and you have people that are, that are been with the brand, bringing everyone along at the same time. We're, we're lucky enough the studio is here in Manhattan and it's like, you know, it's this crazy city and, you know, it's never stopping and we're moving at this crazy pace. And we're evolving the brand very quickly, but it's also about evolving your workforce and evolving the individuals that you have for them to understand the brand. The salesperson on the floor at Rodeo Drive should have the same type of interaction as our, our Vidalia Georgia customer service. Right. They should be at the end of the day, we should be able to swap both of them and they should be in that same environment with that same level of confidence and that same level of precision 
and, and empathy for the customer that may have a problem or that person that's searching for that perfect Mother's Day or Father's Day gift. How do we get everyone to think about the customer? They're the most precious thing we have. You have a great experience with a brand. You're going to tell your five friends, hey, right. if you're ever in need, this is the brand to go to. It's your it's your future revenue new driver. It's not right. just about the now. It's about the future. How do you go about like the internal side and like getting people to understand those cultural values? How do you recruit for that? How do you train for that? Like, how does that happen to me? We actually have a couple individuals that head up. They're part of that customer experience team. Um, we have an individual, Jamie Webb. She's been with the brand for for many many years. You know, she bleeds to me red, um, and <laughs> she spends a lot of time training. Right? And creating these training assets for our sales associates, creating training assets for our teams down in Vidalia. And it's that shared communication of information. So she does both the retail store associates and the customer experience team in Vidalia, Georgia. She, she's like she's responsible yeah. for training both of them. That's so awesome because you, you're not thinking about them as different things. That's pretty unique, by the way. And it's also like we're learning from them. Like, you know, these individuals that are in our repair center, we talk to them and we say, mm-hmm. hey, what do you guys see? What are the issues that we're having? So we can improve the product. We can improve the experience coming through. And um, it's a constant conversation going back and forth. If a customer has a problem, you know, and I think about this as a brand, if there's like one complaint about one product, we'll all circle the wagons to examine what that is. This situation came up. How do we handle it? Okay, we don't have a process in place yet. Let's figure that out. And we put those uh, steps into place. So just in case it happens again, we'll know how best to address it. It's been kind of a newer endeavor, deep diving at that kind of granular level, but we're seeing that it's definitely paying back. We're seeing that it's only reinforcing uh, the loyalty to the brand. Right. It seems like we are seeing some light at the end of the tunnel on on the pandemic and COVID. And obviously, um, you know, travel was one of the places that was hit really hard. What do you see as the near-term future and the longer-term future of both Toomey and travel and lifestyle like yeah what what are you thinking about you know i think for us it's i think people are going to value travel much more than they did in the past and i think now that people have had this hiatus this kind of forced freeze on travel i think that they're going to spend more time appreciating the locations right. they go to trying to ensure that hey if i'm going to be in a city for 4 days for work let me tack on those two personal days for me to really kind of deep dive into what's happening uh, in that culture. I'm looking forward to my first trip. I mean, I, I haven't flown in uh, a year and a half, maybe 17 mm-hmm. months, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I went from traveling, you know, 90 plus days a year <laughs> to, to zero. I think there's definitely be much more of like, hey, I, even when I travel, I'm going to have to be on more virtual calls. So what does mm-hmm. that mean? What does that mean when you're in the airport and now you're consuming power on your digital device because you're on a Zoom call. There's probably going to be some power aspects incorporated into travel going forward. Uh, you, you shared a story that I think is a, um, it's just a really interesting lesson about taking chances. Yeah, I, I, this is the way I remember it because I think it scarred me for a bit. But uh, <laughs> I was hired as a young designer to come in. And at the time, um, the design department was just a, a total of two. Um, mm-hmm. So I made it three. And mm-hmm. they were like, hey, it's, we want you to design a collection for this kind of younger consumer. And it should be kind of more modern, more edgy. And it was like, okay, cool. And then they just kind of left me there for three months. In my cubicle, just kind of designing away. And, you know, I I kind of designed this collection and I get it and I'm sampling it up. And now it's time to showcase it to the founder, the man, Charlie Clifford. He was, you know, he founded the company. He was the head of the company. And I go and 
you know, the, the head of designs is kind of like, hey, go ahead. Yep, go ahead and present <laughs> your, your designs. And the colors that I had chosen, because everything was black at the time, I was like, all right, yeah, it's like, let's change things up. And I made this like ice gray backpack and this like, it was this blue and this like green colored backpack. And then, you know, there was the, there was this one, one of the styles was, you know, a black with red. And I go and I present and I'm explaining how this bag does this, this bag does that. He looks at me, you know, and he just kind of stands up. He's like, do you know who we are? He's like, do you, like, what are all these colors? Like, what is this? He's like, we're telling you. Like, what are you telling me like all these things for? It's like, this is not, you know, what, like you have no idea who we are as a brand. And I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> like, uh, don't unpack. Like, that's where my head was going, you know? Like, and I just kind of got through it or, or it ended pretty, pretty quickly. And, you know, the day went on and, and I remember Charlie coming, finding me later on that day. And he was like, hey, look, he's like, uh, let, let me apologize about that. We brought you here to do something new and fresh. And, he's, and he told me, he's like, I may not understand it. It's like, but that's why we have you here. That's why you're the one that like needs to bring things that are different to continue to push this brand forward. And it made me realize that part of what Toomey's about is taking those risks and always kind of pushing into that next realm, even if it feels uncomfortable at the time, you know, yeah. even if it feels uncertain. And Charlie, I remember, I remember that, that moment where Charlie was, was one to say, I don't get it, but I'm not supposed to get it. I'm the guy that carries the black ballistic bag. You didn't design that for me. He's like, you designed it for you and for that next Toomey customer. And then, you know, we got, you know, talking about the design and it was all there. Like the Toomey DNA was there, the functionality, the quality, the durability. And, you know, that was just, that was one of those moments that it made me realize it's like, just keep pushing. He's like, yeah. you, you, you may walk into these meetings and things may not seem like exactly the way everyone's expecting it, but you have to keep pushing. And, you know, and Charlie, Charlie still brings up that story. He's like, I remember when you showed me that tote. He's like, I had no idea. And it turned out to be very successful, right? That collection ran for 11 years. And I still see it on the street. That's the bag I almost got fired for. <laughs> and, you know, there, there's been many stories like that. Just because it was done that way doesn't mean that's the way we keep doing it. You know, and this is what I love working with like brands, you know, like you guys and so many more because, you know, at our core, we're doing different services, right? It's like we're creating bags, you're creating experiences. But when we speak, right. we're speaking that same language. This is about the way people are going to do it for yep. the next 10 years. It's not about the way people did it the last. Absolutely. And, and like we look at it as anytime we design a product, we're like, what's this going to look like in five years, 10 years, 15 years? Because like your first story, that first to me bag you have, that first to me bag that was someone's dad's bag or mom's bag. That became their son's first Timmy mm -hmm. bag or their daughter's first Timmy bag. Mm -hmm. and there was always a story associated with it. I can't tell you how many times we've talked to people and they're like, oh my God, I remember my first Timmy bag. My mom gave it to me. She had gotten it as a gift when she graduated law school and she gave it to me when I graduated law school. Right. And it's been in our family. And it's like, wow, such an emotional connection to those yeah. pieces. People just really love, there's this kind of connection that happens with the product. And it's not just like, oh, it's a bag. And then when I'm done with it, I toss it. It's like, we've had people that their bags were 35 years old. They, they needed it repaired. And we're like, well, it's really going to take a lot to get this bag back. And they're like, we don't care. It's like, whatever it takes. It's like, I want it fixed. And our customer service team down there sometimes have remade entire bags from scratch. That's amazing. You know, the, uh, the name of the podcast is Radically Personal. So I always ask everyone a little question, which is, what's something radically personal about Victor? that most people don't know. When I was a kid, okay, one of the things that I wanted to be was a bullfighter. 
that was like, you know, a people bull, are like, what do you want to be when you're like a legit like, bullfighter? The red cape. Like my my parents are both uh, from Spain. I'm, I'm first generation American. I, I was like, you know, as a young kid, I'm like, what would be the coolest job? If someone ever asked you, what do you do for a living? <laughs> it's like, how would you top I'm a bullfighter? And, and in my head, I'm like, that would just be like the coolest job. You know, only a few people know that. Only a few people know that. <laughs> Not anymore. Uh, <laughs> And then, you know, slowly, slowly that evolved into, you know, this idea that, you know, I really started pursuing the arts and wanted to be an artist, you know, and I think that was a big influence of, again, still that Spanish upbringing and, you know, yeah. growing up with these, always being told about Picasso and Goya yeah. and all these things. And, yeah. and then that slowly evolved into thinking, okay, well, how can I get my art into as many people's hands as possible and discovering industrial design and then uh, that evolving into this kind of career that, that I've been on. Started out as me wanting to be a bullfighter. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, if a girl asks you, what do you do for a bullfighter? Like the guys in the room would be like, I'm out. I can't compete with that. He's 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 going head to head with a bull. I'm good. Yeah. I think I picked a better career at the end of the day and evolved as a human. Uh, that's great. Victor, I can't thank you and the team enough for being an early believer in Gladly and being such a great partner now for many years. And I could speak on behalf of the entire team when I say we're super proud to be your partner in helping Toomey deliver radically personal customer service. I'm Joseph Ancinelli, CEO of Gladly. If you enjoyed the episode, please be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or visit us at radicallypersonal.com. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. This is Radically Personal.